Dr. Asimov, uh, most people, when they think about the future, uh, try to reach out to uh, the year 2000. Let's try 500 years from now. What kind of planet do you see? One of two, depending on what happens by the year 2000. If by the year 2000 we have not solved the problems that face us today, then I would say 500 years we'll see a world containing a technological civilization in ruins in which there will be a relatively small number of human beings uh, sort of surviving and with New York City as the most magnificent ruin in the history of the human race. And the other is... If we succeed, if we succeed in solving our problems today, then 500 years now we can well be living in a kind of utopia, a world with a relatively small population uh, carefully husbanding their resources with a working colony on the moon and perhaps on Mars reaching out to the entire solar system taking advantage of advances in technology we now can't even imagine living under conditions which when they look back on the present they will be horrified and wonder how we could have survived disasters reduce everything to a common denominator Great soaring buildings, stately ocean liners, cozy homes, sleek racing cars, all become junk. Twisted, crumbled, smashed, charred junk. And any soft bodies in the way, warm, breathing compilations of memories and loves and delights and desires become less than junk. You can sometimes salvage the junk, recycle the steel, reuse the lumber, but there's nothing you can do with the torn, shattered, burned, drowned, suffocated refuse that once, like you and I, was human. Nature visits us with disasters, perhaps to remind us of our mortality. Some, like the plague, we manage to overcome. Most, like storms, we can at least get a fix on and duck. But the worst disasters of all are the ones we visit upon ourselves. David Kay said last week, quote, we were all wrong about Saddam's WMD. By now, the world knows there was a massive intelligence failure in the war on Iraq. President Bush and other countries... The failure to find Saddam Hussein's alleged weapons of mass destruction has raised serious questions about the legitimacy and legality of the ongoing war in Iraq. But as both American and Iraqi casualties escalate, and as the conflict becomes more chaotic and deadly by the day, Debate within the United States continues to focus narrowly on whether American intelligence agencies provided accurate enough information to justify going to war. There are some disasters that not only take lives, but destroy whole episodes of human endeavor. Lighter than air travel was a good idea. It still is. But nobody has proposed a passenger carrying dirigible in a long time. T-minus 21 seconds in the solid uh, rocket booster engine gimbal now underway. T-minus 15 seconds. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. We have main engine start. 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. Liftoff of the 25th Space Shuttle mission, and it has cleared the tower. On 
Unfortunately, the wax melted and Icarus fell back to earth. But man refused to give up. There was something about floating through the sky. One early daredevil said, it's as close to freedom as you can get. The only law up there is the law of gravity. Unfortunately, there were other laws. Like the one that says, don't let the hot air heater get too close to the fabric. Undaunted still, pioneers like Auguste Picard pursued the dream. The Explorer was the culmination of those first efforts. It would sail higher than any balloon had ever gone, over 13 miles up. Good roll program confirmed. Challenger now heading down range. Engine's beginning throttling down now at 94%. Normal throttle uh, for most of the flight, 104%. serious science. It introduced a new word, stratosphere, into everyday usage. And it carried three men to the threshold of space. It did all this and returned on time and on target, folding up like a flower wilting at the end of its season. But the season for lighter-than-air travel was just starting. Designers stretched out the gas bags, added tail fans, attached engines, and set out to do what Icarus could not. The dirigibles could lift many times their weight in passengers and cargo, used a minimum of fuel, sailed more quietly and steadily than the finest ocean liners, and could stay aloft for days. There seemed to be no limit to their potential. The ships used lighter-than-air gas, Helium was preferred because hydrogen was explosively flammable. In the process, a larger question has been all but ignored. It is a story that begins as the Cold War ends. A story about a group of self-identified radical conservatives at the right-wing extreme of the Republican Party. A group of intellectuals and policymakers who saw the fall of the Soviet Union and communism not as an opportunity to scale back America's Cold War military machine, but as an opportunity to build up its size and scale, to use military force more aggressively and unilaterally, to construct a new, unchallenged American empire. Okay, why are there oceans? Okay, here's, here's the uh, <laughs> brief explanation. You see the continental crust there is, uh, continental crust is thicker, thicker continental crust there, okay, and then the, ocean crust is thin. And uh, think about the difference in density between continent and ocean floor. The, the thicker continents being lower density caused them to rise, okay, higher, and, the, and they displace the root of the mantle below into the root mantle below. The ocean crust is thinner but higher density, and so it floats lower but is not as thick. And so it allows the freeboard of the continents over the ocean basins. The principle is like 
balsa wood floats higher in water than oak wood, right? Oak is higher density, so it floats deeper. And so you think about, the, think about that, the ocean crust, the oceanic crust, which is dominantly basalt, has higher density, it's thinner, so it floats lower on the mantle of the earth than the continental crust, which is. So the 25th space shuttle mission is now on the way after more delays than natural carriers can count. This morning, they looked as though they were not going to be able to get off. friends, we don't need international law, uh, like the old Roman phrase, it doesn't matter whether they love us or not so long as they fear us. In their defining document, written in September of 2000, a full year before 9-11, they acknowledge that the process of transformation, even if it brings revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one. Absent, in their own chilling words, some catastrophic and catalyzing event, like a that new light, Pearl Harbor. Satellite, Halley experiment, and here comes the flight crew now. Commander Dick Sobey, followed by Mr. Specialist Dee uh, Ripley, Ron McNair, and, uh, pilot Mike Smith, followed by Krista Masala, feature in space, uh, Ellison Onizuka, and payload specialist Greg Jarvis. Big smiles today, confidently getting into the van. And run below to that pad and uh, attempt a second try. Second launch, second try at launch today. It'll take a few minutes for the astronaut van to uh, get to the pad. The orbiter and the first crew member, Commander Dick Scobie, now uh, in the white room, taking off his jacket, uh, along with uh, Mike Smith, who is the uh, the pilot. A wide flow, all those arrows indicating the plastic deformation of the mantle, and then spread. Okay, spread it. Okay, so subduction, we have spreading, we have mantle wide flow. Okay, computer modeling of this catastrophic plate tectonics has been done on a on on supercomputers. It's done in three dimensions by ma by modeling the mantle of the Earth. This was done with Los Alamos uh, supercomputers and a code called Terra, Terra Computational Mesh. And uh, the mantle of the Earth can be simulated what's called finite element analysis using a computer by breaking the Earth into uh, a series of layers, a series of layers you see here, the layers. And those layers have... Uh, for the Bush administration is that plans that already existed for regime change in Iraq had to be justified. The liberation of Iraq is a crucial advance in the campaign against terror. 
We've removed an ally of Al-Qaeda. Lieutenant Colonel Karen Kwiatkowski worked in the Pentagon's Near East and South Asia office. She witnessed how the Office of Special Plans issued talking points about Iraq for senior government officials. Um, a, a plate boundary in here under Washington, but the primary motion of the North American plate and the Pacific plate creates this resultant that we have uh, a head-on collision in Alaska. Head-on collision of Pacific plate with Alaska. Uh, and uh, so you look at Alaska and you see the head-on collision place. You look down uh, in western you, uh, uh, 48 states and you'll see uh, Washington, Oregon, California with this oblique collision, it's largely oblique collision. And so uh, the, the great mountains in the southern uh, part of Alaska, that would be Wrangell, St. Elias, Chugash Range, Kodiak Island, all of that is uh, related to this head-on collision. So I love going to Alaska to see the head-on collision because uh, places like that. Here's the Leading up to the 1930s, poor farming methods and overplanting were harming the land of the Great Plains, accompanied by an increase in farming the years before the Dust Bowl were catalyzed. Currently, wheat is valued so highly you are practically growing gold. Maybe you are. Your fields certainly have a beautiful yellow all throughout them. Green is a thing of the past. It is simply you, your family, and your fields of golden heaven. The initial path of the crew cabin from the vapor cloud carried it across the path of an adjacent contrail, clearly revealing its truncated form and attitude. The left wing became visible at 78.531 seconds. The main engines and crew cabin are also identifiable. After 10 seconds, the crew cabin was seen again with the front end and top of the cabin visible. As the subject moved further away and dropped lower on the horizon, the quality of the image for visual analysis deteriorated rapidly. Long-range tracking cameras followed the SRBs through range safety destruct. At approximately 75.8 seconds, the right SRB was seen exiting the cloud. Camera E207 shows the right SRB after the breakup, and the joints are clearly visible except for the aft field joint. This confirmed the location of the plume along the longitudinal axis of the SRB. The separated nose cap and deployed drogue parachute are identified at approximately 76.4 seconds. It never happened. And in the United States, in Russia, in Germany, in Japan, uh, the uh, nuclear lobby uh, began to, began, to, began to, license, to reopen the licenses. The very things yeah. that a year later, President Bush himself denies and, and feigns his surprise. I don't know why everybody thinks that. We, we, we've had no evidence that Saddam Hussein was involved with the September the 11th. Well, I worked in a place where they concentrated on on preparing this storyline and selling it. We should have seen it coming. We was too busy working the land to notice it was dying. Rainmakers and water witches did a lot of business, but there just wasn't any to find. The main discrepancy between my point of view and uh, official point of view about consequences of Chernobyl 
based on the method of collection of fact. All official uh, bodies uh, based on the uh, such a uh, approach. Uh, if you they compare illnesses or mortality with a level of Radiation, radiation exposure. Radiation exposure. Level of radiation exposure. So, so-called doses, doses. But doses, it never, never. A wave of religion rolled over the countryside. People who had stooped to plant and reap now bent to pray and repent. But it didn't seem as if anybody was listening. When the money ran out, when the sheriff came around with a notice from the bank. When the last bit of hope dried up for the land, there was nothing to do but move on. They packed up what they could, pulled up roots that had gone down for generations, and went from being farmers to being migrants. Iraq had to be invaded because it was the first step in going toward American empire. The major reason to take Iraq was a display of imperial power was to show both the Arab world, but not just them, but to show Europe and the Far Eastern Bloc, China and the Koreans, who was master. A state of war left many soldiers needing food. Wheat was their go-to answer. Because it is easy to grow, you have continued, even after the war has ended. The shock wave from the detonation of the linear-shaped charge on the right SRB can be seen clearly. Simultaneously, the left SRB was destroyed. At approximately 37 seconds, Challenger had encountered the first of several expected high-altitude wind shear conditions, which lasted until about 64 seconds. These wind shears are best illustrated by the effect on the booster exhaust trails. The effect of wind shear was immediately sensed and countered by the guidance, navigation, and control system. Wind reconstructions were aided by comparing predicted exhaust trail shapes with acquired photography. The reconstructed winds were used in trajectory and flight loads analyses, which verified that the loads were within limits. When scientists studied fossilized leaves dating back 250 million years, they discovered a sudden dramatic reduction in the number of breathing holes. It seemed that at the start of the extinction, levels of carbon dioxide surged. And that meant one thing. The Siberian trap eruptions must have released billions of tons of CO2. Scientists calculate that the amount of carbon dioxide in Earth's atmosphere at the time of the eruptions was 20 times higher than it is today. Many of the native grazing grasses have been removed in order to have more cultivation. There is much machine labor. Many feel this is the easiest and cheapest way to grow the most crops. The previous Dust Bowl took place in the 1860s and involved many of the things the future one would entail. Daylight reveals a battered wasteland. 
Camille is the worst storm of any kind to hit the United States in a hundred years of keeping records. She roars north over Tennessee, then crosses the Blue Ridge Mountains. Finally, she moves back into the Atlantic where she subsides in trailing winds and sprinkles. Some 400 people are dead. Over 400,000 are homeless. Property damage is estimated at a billion dollars. Along the Gulf Coast, the survivors begin a reckoning. Five couples had a, a hurricane party, and uh, some of our some of the friends that uh, lived here were over here looking for their friends that were in the party, and they can't be found. For 15 years, 15 years beginning from 1990 till to, to, uh, 2004. 15 years, that, that, that's such a period. It happened that during this period, the mortality in contaminated area, and not contaminated, differ for about 4%, 4% additional mortality on heavy contaminated territory. The external tank was similarly reconstructed. 25% of the liquid hydrogen tank, 80% of the inner tank, and 5% of the liquid oxygen tank was recovered. Most of the external hardware was also recovered. The nose cap sustained very little damage. In general, the recovered pieces were quite large. The spray-on foam insulation exhibited varying degrees of thermal effects from extreme charring to practically no effect. In the 1930s, the Dust Bowl was a major event. The actual turning point involved several facets. My farm into a pile of sand. Yes, turn my farm into a pile of sand. More than enough to seriously affect the climate, it was global warming gone mad. The result of these Siberian trap eruptions was a rise in global temperature of at least five degrees centigrade. And they happened episodically, so that it may be there were pulses repeated and repeated of temperature rise. Five degrees may sound small to us, but it had a massive impact on the Earth's climate. Warming the Earth's atmosphere affects how rain is generated and dictates where it falls. By raising the Earth's temperature, volcanic CO2 fundamentally altered global weather systems. In equatorial regions, it simply stopped raining. In South Africa, the Karoo Basin felt the full impact of this change in climate. So, we've got drought, and drought frequently leads to famine. But how do you find archaeological evidence for that? It can be tough. 
unless you find mass graves, something like that, you don't know if you've got uh, famine, unless you have written textual evidence, which we have. As recorded on E207 and E204, the first visual indication that the anomalous plume penetrated the external tank was seen at 64.66 seconds as an abrupt change in the shape and color of the plume. This is an indication of hydrogen leaking from the external tank. At 64.705 seconds, a bright sustained glow developed between the orbiter and the external tank. So here we've got one letter from the house of Ortenu. Ortenu's one of the merchants that's both working for himself and on behalf of the government. And he says that there is a famine ravaging the city of Imar. Now that's in inland Syria, but he was such a good businessman that he had a branch. Slight changes in the hydrogen tank pressure telemetry data confirmed the leak 2.2 seconds later at 66.8 seconds, when the LH2 tank pressurization system could no longer maintain its normal repressurization rate. At 72.6 seconds, the LH2 tank pressure could no longer be maintained indicating that the leak path had significantly increased and was growing rapidly. Now, what about invaders or even internal rebellion? I think these both happened as well, but it can be hard to tell them apart, whether you've got people from outside or people from inside. At 72.2 seconds, the guidance system showed that right SRB motion diverged from the orbiter and left SRB, indicating that the lower ET SRB strut was severed or pulled loose. And that loose. the city had been invaded again by other ships, and it had been destroyed before this could be set. Which is a nice story, right? Too good to be true. It turns out upon re-examination that this was not found in a kiln. It was actually originally in a basket with about 70 other tablets that were up on the second floor of the palace and they fell during the destruction, toppled over and then the basket disintegrated. So you're left with what looks like a kiln, but in fact, wasn't anything like it. During this time frame, exaggerated steering commands and control system responses registered in telemetry data. At approximately 73 seconds, both liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen pressure to the main engines showed a significant drop. This was followed at 73.124 seconds by the appearance of a circumferential white pattern around the ET aft region, suggesting LH2 tank structural failure. 13 milliseconds later, at 73.137 seconds, vapor was observed at the inner tank, indicative of the liquid oxygen tank failing. This can be attributed to abnormal loads induced by either the right SRB rotation at the forward attach point or the propulsive forces created by the LH2 tank aft bulkhead failure, probably both. Within milliseconds, liquid oxygen was observed streaming along the external tank. At 73.191 seconds, a flash was observed between the ET and orbiter that was immediately followed by the start of total vehicle breakup at 73.213 seconds. Now, Kaniuski, in fact, looked at this when he was doing the drought at Gibala, and he looked at the destructions, and he promptly said, ah, sea peoples. And he actually published an article that said the sea peoples were there, to which I would respond, look, it's definitely destroyed at that time. Yes, the Sea Peoples are around, but you cannot say it's Sea Peoples. There's no little sign there that says the Sea Peoples did it. 
During the next 100 milliseconds, additional flashes occur in the SRB forward attach area. As the ET broke up, the released fluids vaporized rapidly, producing an expanding cloud of gases, vapors, and cryogenic fluid with embedded debris and localized combustion of mixed gases. No shock wave or other evidence of a violent explosion was detected in the imagery. Illumination from a combination of SRB plume radiance, reflected sunlight, and peripheral burning of gases gives the cloud the appearance of a fireball. Its lush floodplains became a scorched desert. Paleontologist Roger Smith studies how this rapidly changing landscape affected the Karoo's inhabitants. Well, uh, in the, in the post-flood world, lots of things were happening. Think about this, those plates that were subducted under the continents stopped subducting and or slowed very much to the present. And then things rose and fell, subsidence and uplift, loading and unloading, the, uh, uh, and so the vertical tectonics and isostasy, that's the principle of equal pressure with depth, allowed uh, the uh, certain parts of the continent to sink and other parts to rise. Ocean floor is, it was hot, right? And what happens when hot ocean floor cools? These guys should be brought up in charges. There should be an investigation about whether these guys should be allowed to serve our country anymore. Because to me, it's criminal to say, we're going to send our troops to war based on uh, falsified intelligence, based on puffed up, exaggerated details. My problem is, I've been to Washington, D.C. and stood in the middle of the night out in the Jefferson Memorial and read the inscriptions of Jefferson's quotes that are hammered into the marble. And you look up inside the rotunda. The external tank range safety destruct explosive charges housed in this cable tray were recovered undetonated, eliminating them as a possible factor in external tank breakup. The inner tank region showed signs of buckling in the fore and aft direction. This would be consistent with the impulsive thrust that resulted from the sudden loss of liquid hydrogen from the aft section of the tank. This shearing failure of the forward attachment fitting with the right SRB was caused by the booster's rotation after the aft strut area failed. The stiffener stringers on the right-hand side of the inner tank show evidence of contact which match marks on the forward assembly of the right SRB. The idea to blitz the capital with bombs to stun the Iraqis into a quick surrender. This is the beginning of the shock and awe campaign. According to one official, this is going to be the entire nine yards. It was a breathtaking display of firepower. And the Pentagon says, we ain't seen nothing yet. I understand that they want the American public to believe that the invasion of Iraq was the response to September 11th. I think it is a law. How to explain a place where black dirt fell from the sky, where children died for playing outdoors. How to explain nine million acres of farmland without a master. FDR. How many more must die before the world learns from the dirty 30s? How long will it take for everyone to adopt some responsibility in preventing this tragedy from happening again? It's up to everybody to look out 
for the earth and her future. People like FDR, ideas like contour plan and alphabet agencies, events like the Great Depression and Black Sunday have taught us much, but it's up to us to use the lessons of the 1930s. The 1930s, a time that changed America forever through a crucial turning point. This area is where methane from deep within the earth rises through the earth's crust until it reaches the seabed and then through the water column to reach the sea surface as bubbles. In the aftermath of accidents, we scramble around looking for causes, attaching reasons or assigning blame makes us feel better. It might also help prevent another. Mechanical failure is the best. Find it, fix it, forget it. But what about that most elusive of all causes, perhaps most common, human error? They were called floating palaces and the Andrea Doria was the Camelot of the fleet, the most luxurious ship on the transatlantic run, and the last of her kind. There is something for everyone here. As the brochure said, she must provide her passengers with an experience that will somehow be different, one they will never forget as long as they live. I lived like a king is what I did. It was playing party all day and half the night. July 25th, 1956. Only a day away from docking in New York. Everybody is looking forward to one last fling. That morning, the Swedish liner Stockholm leaves New York. She boasts a specially reinforced bow designed to break through heavy ice. A section of the wing frame and a section of the aft dome from the lower strut attachment area was recovered in one piece. The lower strut attachment fitting had been pulled away. The effects of the anomalous SRB plume can be seen on the external tank, excluding an area which was shielded by the strut and attachment fitting. Approximately 50% of solid rocket booster hardware was recovered. An ordnance storage facility was used to house the motor case pieces, as some contained unburned propellant. Marks seen on the right SRB frustrum match the contact area shown previously on the ET inner tank stringers. The size and location of the burn through, as indicated by the recovered SRB debris, were illustrated on an assembled booster. The aft center section of the joint shows a large hole centered at the 307 degree circumferential position. The irregular hole is roughly rectangular and is about 27 by 15 inches. In the cold North Pacific water, students from the university dive to the source of the seepage. They're going to gather samples of the gas as it escapes from the sea floor. 
Methane is a very potent greenhouse gas, perhaps 20 to 25 times more potent on a molecule per molecule basis than CO2. That means if we add one molecule of CO2 to the atmosphere, one molecule of methane, that methane has 25 times the effect. The amount of methane released by seeps like this one in Santa Barbara is too small to explain the additional five degree temperature rise recorded towards the end of the mass extinction. In mid-afternoon, the Andrea Doria hits fog. Her captain takes normal precautions, closing the watertight doors and sounding the fog. Everyone is aware of the fog. Few are worried. To some, the note of the foghorn adds to the romance of the last night out. With darkness, the Doria's captain decides to cut the ship's speed slightly, again according to normal procedures. Nobody was nervous. Nobody thought about it. They got radar now and all that stuff. It was just a lovely party. Everybody felt fine and happy. At 10.40, the Andrea Doria's radar registers a new blip. With a Nantucket lightship already 20 minutes behind her, this one is recorded as a moving vessel, 17 miles ahead. I just didn't want it to ever end. I was having too much fun. The Stockholm is on course and in clear weather, running at her top speed of 18 knots. At 10.48, she picks up an approaching ship, 12 miles ahead, and slightly to starboard. At 11 o'clock, the distance is put at six miles. By 11.03, at four. The traffic lane through the North Atlantic is one of the busiest in the world. But universally accepted rules of the road make the safe passage of ships, even in fog, almost routine. The, the favorite quote at the highest point of the building, you have to turn around backwards to read it. He says, on the altar of God, I pledge undying hostility to any government restriction on the free minds of the people. We were the first nation state to establish the principle that sovereignty, ultimate political power resides in the people. That's a fundamentally radical concept, and these guys don't like the implications of it for their maintenance of minority wealth and power, and they're out to destroy that. But they will fail. I guarantee you they will fail. landscape on another planet. A moment recovered from time primeval. A glimpse of a vision of an image of a dream of hell. April 1971. Mount Etna, one of the world's most active volcanoes, comes alive again. 11,000 feet of cinders. Mount Etna was called the Forge of Vulcan the god of fire by the Romans. Emperors would come to watch a power mightier than theirs. 
scientists gathered to learn. A team of scientists headed by Harun Taziev tries to get close enough to measure the hot gases. I was so it, it was I was so unhappy that I decided to present my view because I know that it's absolutely not true because I know how how big scale of people suffering not only in uh, Ukraine where Chernobyl situated uh, Chernobyl nuclear power plant situated but also in Belarus in Russia and other country by the way so I try to intensively collect the data. After the scrub yesterday, the uh, crew went back to the uh, crew quarters where they relaxed for a while and were able to have dinner with their uh, spouses uh, in the crew quarters dining room. But they had to be in bed by about 7 o'clock so they could be up and on their way this morning. Mike Smith shaking hands with the closeout crew, which has assisted him in, uh, in getting ready. Uh, they take a look uh, at his feet and, and wipe those out to make sure he's not carrying any uh, debris into the cabin. And this book, which had been published last year in New York, uh, is a result of my study. I call it meta-review, meta-review. I review the, review, the reviews about 5,000 scientific papers, mostly published in Russia, mostly published in Ukrainian and Belarus. And uh, this, is, this happened. And I... Uh, no, that, 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 that happened. It's easy to chronicle military, political, and economic history, but social history is harder. I mean, a lot of Americans feel that the space program doesn't belong to them. And I would like to make them feel that it does. I want to bring back my perceptions of what an ordinary person... So had no one ever gone through these other papers and looked at them before? A lot of people try to collect such data and successfully collect data and published a lot of, a lot of review. But... Uh, as the good-natured fellow begins to devour their fields, it becomes a monster, without reason, without mercy, without recourse. How do you make it stop? In the weeks following the Challenger explosion, NASA managers expressed bewilderment as to the causes. It would be a manager from Morton Thiokol, a key rocket supplier for the shuttle, who eventually began to disclose crucial events that lay behind the disaster. He attended a special session of the presidential inquiry, called to discuss the possible effects of low temperature on the solid rocket motor, or SRM. It was about half million, half million people, 500,000 people who will who will be dead, death, because cancer, from Chernobyl cancer. About five... So the other uh, calculation, based on... Uh, published some uh, Canadian epidemiologist, wonderful woman, very, very, very interesting, uh, Rosalia Bertel. Rosalia Bertel. She published twice uh, 
some calculation, and she she calculated that it have to be. They could also based based on based on uh, amount of radioactivity which exploded with the release from Chernobyl. Uh, she makes such a data uh, that about more than about two million. Two million additional deaths, 1.8 something like this, million additional days, deaths from forever, from Chernobyl fallout, from many generations. So it it very very close to my our estimation. We count about one million during 20 to 25 years, something like this. My thought is, uh, it's all right with the other members of the commission that we have a public session tomorrow and we'll go on as long as we can. Mr. Chairman, Al McDonald, Morton Fiker wanted to make a point. Yes, sir, I want to say a point about the meeting. That meeting was set up by Thiokol to review data and concerns about lower temperatures and the basis for that concern. The recommendation at that time, based on the data that was sent out from Thiokol, was not to launch below 53 degrees Fahrenheit. You said not to launch below 53 degrees? And what was the actual temperature? Uh, the actual temperature predicted at that time was 29 degrees. The dust bowl, an unforgettable farming catastrophe. And the wheat fields waving and the dust clouds rolling voice was chanting as the fog was lifting this land was made for you and me nature follows her own rules some of them we know and respect others we seem to have trouble learning even when they come step by step and fully illustrated it was bountiful country the Western Plains, the great bread basket where the amber waves of grain seem to roll on forever like some practical vision of eternity. It was good country, a place where a man could take pride in his land and his work. Men like the legendary troubadour Woody Guthrie. It didn't seem possible. Morton Thiokol had won the contract to build the solid rocket boosters with a highly competitive bid. Roger Beaujolais and Arnie Thompson were their leading experts on a key component in the SRB. Their concerns related to its design. The booster was made up of cylindrical sections. The joints between the sections were sealed by two circular rubber rings, called the primary and secondary O-rings, each a centimetre thick and 12 metres long. The dead zone was a line of death that travelled all around the world and could be found on every continent. This meant that global warming and mass extinction were global. 250 million years ago, the Earth's temperature spiralled out of control. Something huge on a planet-wide scale pushed temperatures up by 10 degrees and killed virtually all life on Earth. The telephone conference finally began at 8.15. Essentially, our position is this. An engineering recommendation for caution. A recommendation not to launch. Roger Beaujolais, Thiokol, good evening. Basically, 
If erosion penetrates the primary O-ring seal, the San Andreas Fault runs through California like a taut string, a visible crease in the fabric of the landscape. It comes up out of the Sea of Cortez in Mexico and runs for over 500 miles before plunging into the Pacific Ocean. It's been measured, plotted, studied, and feared. Once at the beginning of this century, it slipped and all but destroyed the city of San Francisco. Today, it lies like a sleeping giant while cities rise on its back. Scientists wait anxiously for signs that it will wake again, stretch, and bring them tumbling down. There have been movements along the fault line, small shifts that crack roads, bend tracks as if they were rubber. There have even been minor quakes, preludes, in the opinion of some scientists, to another inevitable major one. Earthquakes are the most frightening of natural disasters. Awesome in their fury, unmatchable in their power, they remain as well almost unpredictable in their behavior. No one can yet tell us when they will strike, only an approximate where. The most awesome force man has come up with so far is the one he released from the inside of the atom. A source of almost unlimited energy, the atom represents an ultimate kind of power over nature. For the first time, man can seriously, and perhaps irreversibly, wreak havoc with his own environment. Deep beneath the frozen wastes of one of the remotest corners of the Earth, Siberia, is a major clue. A vast expanse of ancient lava flows forming a bleak landscape called the Siberian Traps. The Siberian Traps are a style of volcanism which we don't see on Earth today. They represent the biggest style of volcanism that the Earth ever experiences or produces. Earth's ancient volcanic eruptions dwarf anything we might witness today. At the end of the Permian period, millions of cubic miles of magma built up beneath the Siberian crust. The entire region began to bulge. In current times, people wonder, is another dust bowl bound to happen? We may very well have another dust bowl on our hands. Countries like China are beginning to see regular dust storms, swarms of cicadas and grasshoppers, and rising asthma cases, showing that those who do not learn from history are indeed doomed to repeat. To control nuclear power, to use it requires whole catalogs of expertise. The waste products alone, simple pinpoints of which are hideously deadly, take 25,000 years to disintegrate. 25,000 years. That's five times the length of recorded human history to date. None of us will be here in 25,000 years. It is more than likely that no one who even remembers us will be here in 25,000 years. The question is, what will? The danger is not that a nuclear reactor in earthquake country will explode, 
like some gigantic atomic bomb. The danger is that it will leak slowly, releasing its wastes into the earth, the water, the very air. The danger is not that there will be some monstrous catastrophe that will send the earth up in a spectacular display of pyrotechnics. The danger is that we will waste away. The danger is that we will go out not with a bang, but with a whimper. <laughs> <laughs>